show the hand you got out of bed this morning. Come on. It's a grizzly day outside. You know you want to stay in bed. Come on, you did better in the world than that. Come on, let's go. We're excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning. And you know, um, as, as I was getting prepared for this morning, I, I said the things that we need to work on more than our life is schedule on Sunday in the house of God. Isn't that cool? Like that's to me, I just amazing how God works, uh, that we have the privilege of transforming this high school. I think it's a beautiful picture of what God wants to do in this high school. Come on, somebody. Like, let's get excited about what God's got in store for Wyndham High School. Um, and, and we are very privileged. Wyndham High School is, um, and there is this picture you see of this, um, they're amazing. Uh, we love Wyndham High School. Our people are just, pray for them, by the way. They're Asked me to say that this morning. I just thought that I'd share my heart uh, just a little bit. So we've been in a series called One Minute After You Die. Sounds awesome, doesn't it? Like, I've got great news for you. Y'all, y'all are going to die. Every, every one of you, you're all going to die. At some point, we will all die. And we believe that it is our job as elders and ministries leaders to be prepared. Um, I want to be prepared for it. I want my kids to be prepared for it. I want all of us to be so, um, so that's kind of why we've been doing this series. Um, week one, we talked about we talked about judgment and reward. Uh, sounds riveting as well, doesn't it? Um, you know, one of the things that we said was that there are two different types of judgment in life, and um, one of those types of judgment is is when you do something wrong, which is like how a lot of us look at judgment. Uh, but the other type of judgment is when you do something good or when you perform. And, and so, like, in the NBA dunk contest, they are judged on how well they dunk the ball, um, something that I'll never do. Uh, but uh, we, they're, they're, they're judged based on performance. And both of those, both of those judgments are, are in heaven. We talked about that week one. Week two, we talked about, <laughs> actually, we went to hell last week. Um, if you weren't here, you're now glad that you weren't here. Today, I want you to know you can smile, you can laugh, you can clap, you can shout, because today we are talking about heaven. Come on, somebody. We're talking about the good stuff today. I'm not going to lie. I laid down in bed. I was like, oh, I'm going to be dead tomorrow. 
my go-to dog trainer. My least favorite right now is a song called Heaven by Kane Brown. I hate the lyrics to the song. And if, and if you like the song, there's no judgment for me this morning. Um, there's, there's just um, judgment in the lyrics, <laughs> for the lyrics. Um, I want to read something for you. It says, he says, everyone's talking about heaven like they just can't wait to go. If you know the song, you're singing it in your head right now. You're welcome. Um, saying how it's going to be good, so beautiful, uh, lying next to you in this bed with you. I ain't convinced because I don't know how, I don't know how heaven, heaven could be better than this. And so, um, like, I, I listen to that, that song, and when it comes on the radio, um, I don't turn it. Like, I, I don't like to be judgmental about secular music because it, like, he just doesn't know, or whoever wrote it just doesn't know any better, in my opinion. Uh, and so, it, it, you know, we, we hope and we pray that someone will show them that, Like, I love, I love sleeping in bed next to my wife. It's probably the closest thing to heaven that I will ever get. Um, sorry, kids. My kids are in this room. You're welcome. But lying in bed next to her is nothing like heaven's going to be. Um, and and I, just, I just want you guys to know this morning that, that my, my goal here today is to paint a beautiful picture of what heaven's going to be like so that you want to experience earth as it is in heaven, just like Jesus prayed um, when he taught us to pray. He, he taught us to pray that um, heaven, that earth would be just like it is in heaven. And, and I hope and I, I, that, that, we can, that we can hopefully um, get you there this morning. The Bible is clear that we often uh, get heaven wrong in our own minds. Like we, we've got this picture, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the ideas that First Corinthians chapter two verse nine. The, the verses will be up here on the screen. If you don't have a Bible, um, that is perfectly okay. We pull the screen for this verse that I want to read for you. Um, but also, um, if you want to follow along in the New Version Bible app, all of our notes are available for you to, to follow along with us this morning. First Corinthians two nine says, "That is what the Scriptures mean when they say no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind." 
has imagined what God has prepared for them, for those who love him. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bible is clear that we have no idea when we talk about heaven how good it is. We can't wrap our minds around how, how beautiful and how great and how vast heaven is. We can't imagine what God has prepared for us. That is how good it is. It goes beyond our wildest expectations. And so I want to give you just three things that we often think about heaven this morning. Oftentimes we think heaven is boring. Um, in, in fact, um, I believe that Satan wants to paint a picture in our mind that heaven is boring and that hell is a party. Right? Like, like, like think about, about all the people that, that like to party that, that you know of or that you may know of that just, that just celebrates hell like it's going to be this, this huge drinking party with no, um, with no drunkenness. Revelation chapter 21. I'm going to read all of the Bible this morning, so um, follow along on the screen, or you can try to flip there if you want. John was um, someone that God allowed to see what heaven would be like, and he wrote about it in Revelation chapter 21. He says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, and the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw a holy city, a new Jerusalem, coming down from heaven. Like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. Ladies and gentlemen, when we get to heaven, we will be with God in his home the way he designed it to be. Verse 4, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. Come on, somebody. That sounds like a place I want to go. All these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. John uses a description that every romantic would appreciate like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. You know, I've never seen an ugly bride, ever, Um, on their wedding day. Brides are special. Brides are special all the time. But on their wedding day, they are the most beautiful. You know, the thing that amazes me about John's description is that previously in the New Testament, the church is the one that is referred to as the bride. And so when John writes that the bride is dressed beautifully for her husband, for, for, for the groom, What he's saying is that the church is dressed beautifully. And the church has never been more beautiful than it is at this moment that he writes about. And I can't help but to look at the world around me and to look at the church. And let's be honest. The church is messed up. You know why the church is messed up? Because the church is full of people. And people are messed up. And because of that, some of you... Some of you have started coming to the refuge because because it's a new church and you thought you'd just give church another shot. Because all the churches that you have been to in the past were messed up. 
I want you to know I've got bad news for you, and that is that the refuge is messed up too. Because we're full of people. But that doesn't mean that you give up. Because there is coming a day that the church will be dressed beautifully like a bride reunited with the groom. And we will run to his side and we will be the most beautiful that we've ever been. Why? Because we will be with Jesus. The second thing that we often say about heaven is that heaven is not our home. This world is our home. Paul wrote in the book of Philippians 3.19, they are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things, and they they think about this life on earth. But we are citizens of heaven, where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we are eagerly waiting for him to return As our Savior, he will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own, using the same power which he will bring everything under his control. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a thief that wants to convince us that we're going to live in this world forever. But I want you to know that I've got good news in that we do not live on this world forever, that we go to heaven someday to be with God in the place that he's prepared for us. And so... It amazes me that we often, as human beings, just think that this, this earth and this, this world, we do things to make it last. And, and I want you to know that I believe 100% that as human beings, we should be great stewards of what God has given us. We should steward our finances. We should steward our family. We should steward the earth and make sure that we take good care of all of those things. So this isn't, this isn't bashing people that believe in climate change and, and things like that. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is that this world, it doesn't matter what we do to it, it will not last. God's design for the earth is that it will be destroyed. That's not, that's not my design, that's, that's God's design, but that doesn't mean that we don't take good care of it take good care of it because it's what God has done. It's the same thing with everything in our life. We take good care of the things that God has given us because he has given them to us. Just because they're going to be gone someday doesn't mean that we destroy them. Third thing that we, and, and, and just real quick, some descriptions that, that James says about this life. Some words that are translated to mean, to mean fog foggy a little bit this morning. Thank goodness it's, it's going to be gone later today, or tomorrow, hopefully. And we know a thing or two about fog in Maine. It's here for a little while, it's gone later on. Another word is mist. It just, it just mists. It just evaporates. It's a vapor. This life is temporary. The third thing that we often think about heaven is that most people are going there anyway. Most people are going to heaven anyway. John chapter 14, verse 1 through 6 says, Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my Father's house. You see, this morning, I don't want you to get discouraged. I want you to be encouraged that, yes, there is more than enough room for people. 
But last week we talked about how, how heaven is an itty-bitty narrow gate. But hell is this great big huge gate that leads to destruction. We talked about that last week. But I don't want you to be troubled by that. Because, because Jesus said, don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't focus on that. But focus on me. Trust in me. Where I'm going, there's more than enough room for everyone. Verse 3 says, when everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I am going. Let me go. Verse 5, Thomas answered, no, Lord, we don't know how to get there. How do we get there? He said, later on, Jesus said in verse 6, that I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one gets where I'm going except through me. We will always point to Jesus. We will always look to Jesus because he's the way we get there. It's only through him. But last week we said that your heart is your ticket to hell, but it's also your ticket to heaven. Because when you give Jesus your heart and when your your heart is with Jesus, that is what gets you there. He wants our hearts, ladies and gentlemen. And he has done everything that he can to earn our hearts. He has the right for us to give him our hearts. Because he's proven himself over and over and over again. Think about everything that's good on earth. Everything that's good on earth. Everything that's good on earth is a gift from God. God is the best gift giver on the planet. Everything that's good comes from him. Everything that we enjoy is a gift from God. In heaven, there will be no bad. There will be no sin. There will be no evil. There will be no crying. There will be no more shame. It will all be gone because everything that is good will be from him. So what will heaven be like? I want to give you just a few things. I've got five things that heaven will be like real quick. Number one, we will know one another. We will love one another, and we will be loved by one another. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12 says that we will, we will know everything with perfect clarity. We will see everything with perfect clarity. Verse 13 goes on to say that faith, hope, and love last forever. But the greatest of these is love. I've got good news, ladies and gentlemen, and that is that one day everything will all make sense. It'll all make sense. Even the things that this preacher says up on this stage will make sense someday. The second thing heaven will be like is heaven will be indescribable, unimaginable in its beauty. It'll be the most beautiful place that we have ever been. Have you ever been to a great restaurant? Yeah, I've been to a good restaurant lately. Anybody, any of you have ever, have you ever been um, on a great vacation? Come on, somebody. Yeah, let's go on vacation. Yeah. Have you ever been um, to, to all these, like, my point is, is that when you, when you go to great places, what do you do? You go to your friends and be like, hey, you got to try this restaurant that we ate at. It was so good. 
hey, you got to go on this vacation I just went to. you got to see this beautiful sight. And heaven would be so much greater than all those places that we've ever been. You know, we live in a, in a pretty beautiful state. Maine is, is my favorite state in the United States because I live here and because it's beautiful and because God called me here. Heaven won't even compare to that. The third thing heaven will be like is we will see Jesus face to face in heaven. John, 1 John chapter 3, verse 2 says that we will see him as he is. Ladies and gentlemen, seeing Jesus face to face is a big deal. You see, because in the Old Testament, I'm not going to go like super historical on you, but, but in the Old Testament, the people that were God's people, the Jewish people, they could not go to see God face to face. When, when Moses went on to the mountaintop to receive the Ten Commandments, he came down. And the, the Bible says that the children of Israel were blinded by the radiance of his face. Because there, it was so bright that he had spent so much time with God that it was so bright that the people of Israel were afraid of him. That's how bright his face was. tabernacle was set up, the, the priests were the only people that could go to the most holy place, what was known as the Holy of Holies, where it was said that God's presence was. Ladies and gentlemen, we have God's presence every day in our lives because of what Jesus has accomplished. And because of what Jesus has accomplished, we can experience the Holy Spirit's presence in our life daily. That's why I get up every morning and I open my that I've checked it off my list. So I can say that I've spent time with the God that that deserves my time. The God that has made it possible for me to experience God's presence daily in my life. That I can see Him face to face every morning. And someday I will literally see Him face to face. And I will be whole again. The fourth thing that heaven is like is that in heaven we'll have perfect new bodies. Everything that is good, this is, this is, this is, this is great. Everything that is good will be in heaven, and our bodies will be perfect. Hello, ice cream. Hello, pizza. Hello, tacos. Those are good. I don't know. Now, I don't know 100% if those things will be there or not. But I know that they're good. And I know that good things will be in heaven, and my body will be perfect. I can eat all I want to. The fifth thing that heaven will be like is heaven is the absence of everything that is bad, pain, evil, sin. And that God's presence and everything good will be there. Everything that is good and holy and true and glorious will be represented in heaven. You can read about that in Isaiah 65, 17 through 25, and Revelation 21, 21 through 27. This past week, I heard a description about heaven that really stuck with me, and that is that 
heaven is the blessing of being able to get without sin. The blessing of using the gifts that God has given you without sin. Ladies and gentlemen, when you use your gifts in heaven, no one is there to criticize you. No one is there to say that you used your gifts wrong. Because you will be whole again, and you will be able to use the gifts that God has given you without criticism, without sin. 100% success rate among somebody. There'll be no depression, no sadness, no anxiety. Some of you don't, you don't even know what you're going to do without anxiety anymore. No more gray hairs. Come on. Because the stress is going to be gone. I had like five of them pop up on the side of my head this week. there's a problem. The gate to get where we're going is itty bitty, real small, narrow. Romans chapter 3 verse 23 says, for everyone has sinned and fallen short of God's glorious standard. And because we have sinned, ladies and gentlemen, that narrow, that gate is so narrow that, we, that's, that, that it's not for everyone. I wish I could tell you that everyone is going to heaven. That would make my job a whole lot easier. But it's not true. Because the Bible says that we've all sinned and fallen short of God's glorious standard and that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Verse 24 goes on to say, yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of sin. For God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in the past. Ladies and gentlemen, there is a penalty for our sin, for the wrong things that we do. That's the hardest part of my job tell you that there is a penalty, but the easiest part of my job is to tell you that you do not have to experience it. The easiest part of my job is to say that, that in fact, you don't even have to earn it because Jesus has done everything that he can to earn it for you. All you have to do is trust in him. If you trust in him and believe in him, then you trust him in your life and give him your heart. So I want to wrap up this morning by giving you um, just five quick things that I, I thought about, six quick things that I, I, uh, I thought about as I, was talk, as I was preparing and thinking about heaven this week. And I thought to myself, Adam, you need to do a better job of living your life like you actually believe that heaven is a good place. Adam, you need to do a better job in actually believing that heaven is real. Adam, you need to do a better job of actually believing what you're preaching. So I came up with six quick things that I believe I would do in my life, that I believe we would all do in our lives if we lived with heaven in mind. 
says is that I am willing to endure anything to bring salvation and eternal glory to Jesus Christ. I will endure anything because heaven is so good, ladies and gentlemen. And I will do anything to endure it so that you can go there with me. I'll pack up my family from Illinois and move them to Maine to start a church to tell people that Jesus loves them so much that he wants them to be in heaven with him someday. I'll do anything to get people to go with me to this great place known as heaven. So I'll be able to endure persecution a little bit better. I'll be able to endure the tax that Satan has on on me and my family a little bit better because I know that it's worth it. Number two is I will be more patient. It goes right along with point number one. I will be more patient. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 through 3 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge cloud of witnesses, in the light of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. How did Jesus do it? It goes on to tell us that Jesus did it by keeping his eyes on heaven. He knew that he would suffer. But he was able to suffer because he kept his eyes on the prize. Because he kept his eyes on his glory. He kept his eyes on heaven. He kept his eyes on what God had for him. Ladies and gentlemen, I will keep my eyes on what God has for me. And it is heaven and home with him. And I want all of us to live our lives like we know where we're going. Number three, we will be unashamed about others' doubts. I am not ashamed of the good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work in me, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. I will tell everyone on, on Monday morning that I went to church on Sunday because I went to spend time with the community of people that believe they're going to heaven someday, and, and they're just getting a little practice in for when they get to heaven. And when they see Jesus face to face, I won't be ashamed. Of, of, of people knowing that I go to church. In fact, I'll invite them with me. I hope that you're inviting your friends to Easter. In, in just a few weeks, we're going to celebrate the risen king, and they're, and they're going to need to know, you've all got friends that need to know about a Jesus that loves them, and I promise you they'll hear that. We tell people about good restaurants don't tell people about heaven. Number four, I would love better. I would love better. Think, listen to this, this list that, um, that the message translation says about love. Because as I read it, I'm convicted about how I love people. And if I live like I believe in heaven, I believe that this list will be present in my life. First Corinthians 13 says, love never gives up. Love cares more about others than for itself. Love doesn't want what it does not have. Love doesn't fret, doesn't have a swelled head, doesn't force itself on others, isn't me first. Man, I'm on my toes. 
Love doesn't fly off the hinge. Love doesn't keep score of the sins of others. Love doesn't revel when others grovel. Love takes pleasure in flowering of truth and puts up with anything. Trust God always. I would trust God a little bit more if I believed in the heaven that I'm going to. Love always looks for the best and never looks back. But love keeps going to the end. If I believed in heaven, I would love like that. Number five, if I believed in heaven, I would sing a little louder. I would sing a little unashamed. I would praise Jesus because he is worthy of the praise that I give him. Psalm 100 verse 4 says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Psalm 34, 1, I will praise the Lord all times with constant speaking his praise. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't have to wait for Sunday morning to praise God because I'm going to praise him every day of my life because I'm going to do it constantly because I believe in the heaven that I'm going to and I want to practice before I get there. Psalm 40, verse 3, he has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, when people hear you praising Jesus, they start to say, what is going on with that person? And they don't start to say, well, maybe they do say he's a little crazy. But then they start to say, what is he saying about me? Ladies and gentlemen, I want people to ask me, what are you singing about and how do I get some? Sing a little louder. And finally, number six. When we live with eternity in mind, we will live with eager expectation. You see, the Bible says that someday Jesus is coming back in Revelation chapter 21. We just read it. And when we see him face to face, the bride will be beautifully dressed and ready girl dreams of their wedding day. Because weddings are beautiful. I heard a song this week that explains like I've never heard before. The wedding day that I will see my Jesus coming out of the clouds to get me. I can't wait for that time. So I've asked Aaron and Ryan to come up and sing a song called Never Look Away. I want you to pay attention to these words. Picture, picture a wedding. Picture your wedding. Picture any wedding. And listen to the words of the song. You know, in the book of Ecclesiastes, King Solomon wrote that God has put eternity in our hearts. I believe that every person that lives this life knows that eternity is there. They know that they will live forever. Because it's, it's something that we have in our hearts. 
Last week I said that our hearts are the very ticket that we need to get into heaven. But our hearts are also the very ticket that we need to get into hell. The question is, what do you do with it? See, there is coming a day that we will be perfect once again when we see Jesus face to face. Because we will be united with the very one that is perfect. The only person that has ever been perfect. And I can't wait for that day. And I know that I'm not perfect. I know that I am far from perfect in this world. But I can do everything that I can to just be a little bit closer to that day. You see, the things that I do, I don't do to check off my list and to earn my way back to Him. I do it because I want to be as close to that day as possible. I want to do it because He has my heart. question we had last week. Who has your heart? Does the groom that will come on the clouds, that will come and reunite with his bride, does he have your heart today? Or are you holding on to it? Do a favor, where you stand, bow your heads, close your eyes. I want to ask everyone that, that question. I'm going to do it a little bit different today. How many of you would say, Pastor Adam, the groom has my heart this morning. I have given it to him. I belong to Jesus. And I will see him face to face. If that's you, would you raise your hand? I have given my heart to Jesus today. Or any day. Thank you. That is, that is, that is an encouragement to me. But how many of you would say, Pastor Adam, I was unable to raise my hand. Because there are other things in my life that have my heart, that have more of my heart than Jesus does. Maybe you don't know. The Bible is very clear. It it gives us a good picture of, of what has our heart. You see, the Bible says that where your treasure is, your heart is also. Where the things that you treasure the most, where those things are spent, that's what has your heart. So what are some things that I value? What are my treasures? My treasures are my money, my family, my time. Those are are the three things that I treasure the most. My friends. Those, those are the things that I treasure the most. So, so where are my friends? My friends are at church. Where's, where's my money? I give. What has my family? Where's my family at? Where are the things that I treasure the most? to raise your hand. And some of you are going, oh man, I raised my hand, but after that description, I don't know. 
invite you to pray this prayer. And if you pray it with me on that, that piece of paper that we handed you, there's a, there's, a, there's a place on the back that says, I'm committing to follow Jesus or I'm recommitting to follow Jesus. If you say this prayer with me, do me a favor, just write down your name and, and check that box and then put it in the black box on your way out so that we can celebrate you today and so that we can help you with what it looks like to give Jesus your heart. If that's you this morning, just say this prayer with me, God. I know I messed up. I know I've done wrong. And because I've done wrong, I know that I am in need of a Savior. God, I believe to live for you. Help me to follow you. Help me to live like I believe in the heaven that I'm going to. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Would you do me a favor? Would you give God a hand today? Come on. That's good. That's good. Come on. We are so thankful. So we're going to sing a song together.